Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer Chris Herring. On today's show, Chris and I are going to do something a little bit different and recommend some of our favorite and least favorite League Pass viewing experiences so far this season. But before we do, a quick reminder to keep your emails coming in to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. We'll try and hit a couple of your wonderful emails at the end of today's episode if there's time. But I have a feeling this conversation could take up the whole show because it's a pretty passionate subject for anyone who watches as much basketball as Chris and I do, either for work pleasure or as the case right now, a necessary distraction. So, Chris, I asked you to give me your three favorite and least favorite teams to watch this season. And I don't know how you approached such a broad and general request, but I tried my best to steer clear of more obvious answers, and listeners can judge whether or not I succeeded there. But let's kick things off with you throwing a team my way that you're really loving right now and that you're recommending our viewers take in as much as they possibly can? Uh, maybe it's obvious, but I think a lot of people pick this team, would pick this team because of one person. I think there's more to it than that. I'll pick the Grizzlies. Um, oh, okay. I, I actually do not think that's obvious, so so go. Okay. I mean, so the obvious part of it is obviously Ja, who I think you know has been on the radar for a while, if not... For most people, then, you know, by last postseason when he goes off for 40 or whatever he had uh, in the playoff game, it starts to become more apparent. When he takes out the Warriors, it starts to become more apparent. But to me, man, they're interesting regardless, you know, of him and outside of him. They're still relatively young. And to me, and maybe this shouldn't factor in the league pass, but I like watching teams that aren't 
static. And so, I mean, part of what makes them interesting to me is the fact that, you know, as much as I love him and as much as I still kind of believe in him, Jaron Jackson Jr. has kind of been up and down. Uh, he's still wildly important to that team from a defensive standpoint, but offensively, you know, he's been taking more threes. You look at his game log and it literally is like, you know, two games where he'll be great, two games where he'll really struggle shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that part of it is is kind of hard to really make heads or tails of. Um, Dylan Brooks is back in the lineup who, when we talk about unpredictable kind of sandpapery sort of dudes where you either really like this guy or you really hate watching him um, <laughs> because you're, he's playing against your team. That's a part of it, but he's shot the ball really well since he's come back. So that's a part of it. And I'm, I'll, I'll readily admit their style of play is, is, is interesting to watch. It's Although I had like a love affair with them when they were really difficult to watch during those grit and grind years uh, where obviously the, the fan base loved watching them play. And uh, in the same way that the 90s Knicks that I wrote a book about, probably their fans loved watching them play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did not love that style of basketball. So there is something that's like watching this bizarro Grizzlies team where they're wearing the same uniform that those teams did but playing a completely different style and playing up and down playing without a defense half the time um there is part of that that i enjoy just because it runs so counter to everything that they were known for but they're they're fun and they not to mention um you know despite basically being a little bit above 500 they've beaten the clippers twice they've beaten denver twice they've beat the cavaliers who have been good this season they beat golden state which only two teams have done that so you know they've beaten good competition, and it's obviously not a team you can just walk over. It's not a team that will, you know, if they make the playoffs, will have gotten there just by beating bad teams. They beat good competition. Yeah, I mean, Jaw. Yeah, Jaw does. Now that as you were talking, I was kind of like, oh yeah, Jaw Morant. That is kind of obvious. In that, that part of it's obvious. So that's why yeah. I stayed away from him. <laughs> Watching that dude play basketball is Whew. a true joy. Um, like every every time. Like, I tune into a Grizzlies game. He makes at least two plays where it's just like I've never seen anyone do that before in my entire life. Right. And this, like, he is just a national treasure. But stylistically, you're right. They lead the NBA in transition frequency. So they just, they, they push the pace a lot and they give John, they give some of their other guys a lot of open floor opportunities. The defense is terrible, which can be fun. Um, if you're a fan of just high scoring basketball right. and um, that's probably part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to briefly just talk about Dylan Brooks for like two seconds. Cause you said, okay. I thought the way you described him was really funny, like sandpapery. That's a really apt <laughs> description. Um, he, I think personally for me, I just, I don't like it. Like I, I appreciate the the defense. I think he's one of the better on ball defenders in the league. I think he really gets under players' skin. Like last night, I watched the game against the Clippers, and he was just. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul George was having. He was on one. Paul Paul was, but it wasn't easy. Like the shots he was hitting were very difficult because of Dylan Brooks, who was just like mm-hmm. fouling you on every single possession. Yep, and just hoping he will not get called for every single time. It's very like Richard Sherman. Peak Richard Sherman in the Seattle Seahawks secondary. We're just going like to hold that. you every single time. And you can't call it every time. Can't throw the flag every time. Right, um, right. But the thing about Dylan Brooks that I, I don't like is offensively, where he's taking right now. Um, I looked this up yesterday, and I want to see if it's still holding true. He's taking 28.7 shots per 100 possessions, 
which I know he's only played four games, but that company right there, that's like too much. Luca, Tatum, Paul George, right. Steph Curry, Brad Beal, Giannis, Trey Young. Like that's the type of shot, the, the the volume that we're talking about. And his teammate right. is Ja Morant. And I'm just like, the show is Ja. And as you said, Jaron Jackson Jr., I really want to see him kind of solidify himself as like a three-point shooting Bam Adebayo. I don't know if he'll ever be that, but that's what I want from him. And I just don't know if you can do that with Jaron Jackson. I mean, with um, with Dylan Brooks on board as well, doing what he's doing. Still feels like to some extent, uh, and they've won enough games to where it doesn't seem problematic for them, but such a big part of their offense last year was Ja. And I wrote about this at one point because I think it's one of the things that makes them fascinating with, with just how good Ja is at um, generating defensive attention is that he – he had the highest rate of what, you know, are kind of known as Kobe assists where you go to the basket and you normally draw two or three guys that are coming at you to try to stop you. But in doing that, nobody can focus on the defensive rebounding. And mm-hmm. so Valanchunas was just putting those shots back. That was such a massive part of their offense because they were better at that than everybody else. You know, Job acknowledged, you know, just talking to him that he sometimes would put the ball off the glass on purpose to try to set it up so that Valanciunas could grab it. Yeah. And so that was a massive part of their offense. So when you're not doing that and when you don't have that, or when, you know, Jaws already taking a lot more shots just because he's in transition, he's tired, um, you know, he's pulling up for jump shots, the offense has to move in some other direction. Like you said, you don't ever want it to move that far in that direction. Dylan Brooks is not the second coming of any of those guys you mentioned. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I, I wonder to some extent too whether it's him trying too hard to kind of find a rhythm just from having been out that long or them trying to create opportunities for him. So you hope that settles out to where it's, you know, it levels out just a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to give you one of my favorite teams now to watch. And I hope this isn't obvious. It might be. Um, It's the Miami Heat. Um, I just love watching really smart defense, smart physical everybody's rotating on a string when they're switching everybody knows where they're supposed to be helping out when they're blitzing everybody knows the low man is is over um already when um i mean they help the helper when they have to do that they pre-rotate they're just so intelligent with kyle lowry there jimmy butler um pj tucker bam Adebayo, and they're like self-sacrificial with their bodies too and I feel like I'm, I get smarter when I watch them play. Because defense is pretty complicated, especially when it's going full speed. And I'm not saying I see everything in real time. But when I rewind something, I'm like, oh, how did they get that stop there when it looked like Bradley Beal turned the corner and he had like a, a, it, like a an open drive against any other team in a situation like that? He would have finished right outside the restricted area, but like, oh, oh, there's Kyle Lowry. He's already there. He beat it. Like, he knew he was going to be there. He rotated, trapped the box. It's just like the stuff that they do is um, it's awesome. Their defense is great. Their offense is kind of struggling a little bit. But I just I just love watching, like, tenacious, aggressive, um, cohesive defense. So I'm going with Miami for my first team. Uh, I was talking about them yesterday with somebody on the phone, and – I mean, I know it's early. I know that I think technically they, they've got – they're the one seed for right now, I think, in the East. 
just by record. It's by like a half game, right. so it's not much. But that you know, and it's still early on this, so it'll be worth watching. But you mentioned it; their offense hasn't even been great yet. Um, you know, it's it's early. Defensively, they're kind of locking in, like you said. But they already have a net rating that's like three points clear of the next closest team in the East, I think. Something close. I'm looking at it right now. 8.2 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents, which is third in the league behind only Golden State and Utah. And then you've got the Bulls after that, but it's a three-point gap. So, I mean, maybe that's it's too early to really make too much of that. Obviously, the Bulls are playing without Vooch and lost Patrick Williams really early. You know, it's so early in the season that it's too early to even think about buyout stuff later in the year. But, I mean, because of what you're saying and because you figure that they'll get it rolling at some point if they stay healthy offensively, the defense, you can't really replicate how smart those guys are individually as defenders, which you always would have felt pretty good about that. And it was a really obvious upgrade from what they had previously to get to Lowry defensively. So that that was what – I mean, I remember being on a podcast or two this summer – with friends of mine and they were you know they were like i don't understand how people love this lowry move but like for instance in chicago someone's like i don't get how people love this lowry move but we're so critical of when the bulls brought in Dwayne wade i was like what <laughs> because <laughs> uh you know i was like I-, I guess if you're only looking at age uh sure but Dwayne wade was not the defender that kyle lowry was like kyle lowry's impacting the game in so many different ways, even if he's he doesn't not need scoring. the ball, he doesn't need the ball. Exactly, like. he doesn't have to score, and so and on that team, certainly, I mean, you you want him to score, especially if the offense is struggling. But he, I don't think he has to if they just lock in and defend the way they're capable of. So, good pick on your part. I did not include them, not because it was an obvious choice either. I just didn't include them. Um, but they're, I mean, certainly they're going to be a factor all year long if they stay healthy and uh, Lowry. As we, I think a lot of us expected, like takes them to a different level. I think a lot of our question was like, does it put them in contender status right away? But I, I, I mean, again, if you're going to lead the conference in net rating, I think it's pretty clear that it probably does. Can I ask you a question about your your viewing habits, Chris? Sure. So when I watch NBA games, I almost never watch them like live, live because I interesting. I can't. I can't. Um, sit through timeouts i can't sit through free throws like i just i it it like pains me to just sit there and it's just like a total add thing for me and so the only bad thing about the heat is if when like sometimes i have to catch them live for whatever reason and jimmy butler's just like living at the free throw line and i'm like can we just not give this guy that call like <laughs> it's just like let, let's play on yeah every time he takes it to, yeah. the, to the rim there's like a whistle and i'm just like uh but um besides that i love i love watching this team so give me your give me your second favorite team um, okay or one of your three, um, second one of your three okay this one probably is obvious i feel like either you or i will probably have it on our list uh well the the most obvious one and so maybe it's so obvious that you didn't put it on yours. The Wizards, like I think they deserve that love. You, I know uh, when we podcasted about them in the summertime that you you felt that they would be they had a chance to be really solid, and I think a lot of us at least somewhat felt that way just because we were like, man, they just robbed the Lakers, um, you know. And so it was kind of to what extent did you feel like the depth that they were adding for a roster that was pretty top heavy before? How much does that help them? How much does it help them to improve on defense with some of these guys they'll get to replace Russ? And guess what we've seen? 
a team that actually defends pretty well now, <laughs> one that was horrendous on that end of the floor last year, um, that now basically doesn't give up any threes, doesn't give up much around the basket at all, um, and is forcing, you know, that's pretty much the sign of a good defense most times is to force the mid-range stuff as a defense. And to some extent are kind of the inverse of what we talk about with the Lakers now where they have all this depth. And the Lakers, we kind of watch them look really top-heavy. Granted, they did get Horton Tucker back, and they look a little bit better from that standpoint. But Montrez has looked really good this year. Um, and KCP and Kuzma are about what they, they normally are. And they don't have Hashimura back yet. And they should get him back pretty soon. Beal has not played all that well to his standard just yet. And the fact that they're basically sniffing around first place with Beal not playing well, uh, put that under things that I did not expect for for 2000, Alex. I I just, um, I, or who, who's the host now? I can't keep up with all the Jeopardy stuff. All I know is that Aaron Rodgers, all all I know now is that Aaron Rodgers probably had very good reason for trying to keep his vaccination status quiet. That's all I'll say. (laughs) If he was trying to be the host of that show, that listener base, that uh, viewing base. But anyway, uh, it's been a very fun team to watch. I mean, it's a team effort that they play with again, because Beal's not, just carrying them the way that you would hope that he well the way that i'm sure he probably wants to but he doesn't have to and that's the beautiful thing about it is that he wanted a team around him he's got one now and so it's a a very interesting deep team to watch so i'm not trying to throw you under the bus here chris um but did you participate in our roundtable on si.com today about it was like a monthly check-in on mvp and um what other all the basically the major awards did you participate in that i, can't I didn't get to i uh I, I i i got a reprieve from uh from matt our editor because <laughs> i i think and i was emailing i was emailing with you at like four this morning because i was working on a story that i had to turn in for this morning so matt was like don't worry about it because i know you're going to be up working on that so uh why okay. why, why do you bring that up so one of the categories was um, by the way, yes, I did email you at like three or four in the morning because I'm a psycho, and you responded within like five minutes, and I was like, "Damn, yeah." We both we both need more sleep, man. Both of us. <laughs> we both yes, do. we do. That is an aside. Um, but one of the questions in the roundtable was, I think, like, give us your boldest prediction, your boldest All Star related prediction, and I said that Montrez Harrell was going to be an All Star this season. Woo! And that's that's bringing I mean, the I mean, heat. You want bold? I'll bring bold. That's what that's I do. That's bold. So I think he's sixth right now in Basketball References MVP tracker. I looked it up to see how many All Stars have ever averaged fewer than twenty nine minutes a game, and there were like forty two in the history. Of really? The or something like that. Yeah. There were that many. Goodness. Yeah. So I was like, okay, he's averaging like eighteen. I like and it though. Eight. Yeah. I mean, okay. So the case is basically like. He's just the most efficient player in the league, like straight up. He's like third in PER, fourth in true shooting. Hey, man, I'm not giving you any guff about that because you. I think to some extent even hearing that response to that question, first of all, is interesting. It's a talking point, which gives you an opportunity to talk about how interesting he is, the Wizards are, um, how ahistorical that is, uh, given what you just said. And I did mm-hmm. the same thing. Like I, I think the last time I podcasted with Zach Lowe, um, he kind of – ribbed me like playfully but he was like you picked rudy gay as your sixth man of the year and i'm like okay but i again kind of used it as a as a touching off point to explain that like i think yeah, the jazz no. finally addressed 
kind of what they didn't have on their bench last year. And look, and then by the way, and I'm going to plug this because damn right, Rudy Gay played in his first game of the season yesterday. I was about to say, I was about and to had say, like I'm glad you're doing 22 it. points off the bench, having not played at all, like his first game of the season with a completely new group. He did not play in the preseason. So is he going to win six man? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't. I'm relatively sure that Trez probably won't make the All Star team either. Who cares? I probably mean, like, not. <laughs> we'll be wrong, but like, we can be wrong and still sound smart within the context of what we said. Which shout outs to people that can sound smart while being wrong. Being wrong and sounding smart. I just want to get that tattooed. Now, maybe not tattooed. I'll get a T-shirt that says that. How about that? <laughs> um, I also, I also had Wes Unsell Jr. as my coach of the year after a month. And yeah. that seemed like a no-brainer to me. Like, I don't think that yeah. that was a hot take at all. I mean, they're at the time, I mean, they lost last night. But they had the fourth-best defense in the league heading into last night's game. Um, I think they dropped to eighth. Uh, they had the best record in the Eastern Conference. Like, nobody expected them to be this good. Like, I was very the optimistic only, about their offseason, and I didn't expect this. Like, the only thing I I could even say in response to that is, like, if you're really impressed with what the Cavs are doing or the Bulls or or someone like that. But if you're doing that, I feel like that's almost based more on, I don't know, I guess you could make this argument with the Wizards too, where it's based more on what the executives did during the offseason to really overhaul those teams. Now, the Wizards certainly are way different, but it's still a first-time coach, and I still don't think anyone expected them to be leading the conference. Like, if you'd asked me before the season, who's more likely to be leading the conference after 15 games? the Bulls or the Wizards, I would have said the Bulls. Um, so shout-out to the Wizards. Shout-outs to uh, Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, they, they're really fun. I, I enjoy watching them play. They are fun. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50. And it has airflow so you don't overheat. 
And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Okay, so my next team is... And I've talked about them a lot on the show, so I apologize. But the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I love watching the Clippers. In part because even though they lost last night, they've been playing really well and they've been making me look smart because I wrote before the season that they were going <laughs> to yep. be really good. Yep. Um, Paul George is just having a magical season. I mean, the shots that he's hitting are just absurd. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier with Dylan Brooks guarding him. I mean, the step backs, the like stepping through double teams, splitting double teams and still finishing over a third defender. Um, it's just so like satisfying to watch him. Play. I don't even know how to describe it. He's just so smooth when he plays like and he's like drawing to making the right reads, not forcing anything. Really? I love watching Paul George play basketball. Um, I love the confidence I'm seeing in a lot of guys who've had Ups and downs throughout their careers, like Reggie Jackson hoisted 17 threes in a game this season. That and was wild. <laughs> watching that game. I just love it. Like I love his 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 fearlessness. Um I love I love Luke Kennard, man. Like Luke Kennard's more confident than ever. I've always wanted him to just be like, I'm just gonna pull up like if a man is dropping on a pick and roll or a DHO here. They need um, him to do I'm, that. They, yeah, they need I'm just him to do up. that. I'm just gonna pull up. It's gonna be a. T- there's gonna be a tight squeeze here. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna hit the shot, mm-hmm. and he's been doing that, and he looks great. Um, Terrence Mann, I've joked, d- d- was a top 75 snub, um, and <laughs> <laughs> I love watching Terrence Mann play basketball. I think he's one of the best on ball. Like they traded Patrick Beverly, and they didn't lose anything because of what Terrence Mann brings on the defensive end, and he's like their own Mister 94 feet. Just one of the better backcourt pests um, in the entire league. And screening him is is virtually impossible. And, yeah, like, I also just, I think it's fun when a coach like Ty Lue is just willing to go small. Um, willing to play, like, I know they're hurt right now with Marcus Morris not available. And Serge Ibaka basically out of the rotation because Isaiah Hartenstein's look terrific. But, like, when Zoo... Yeah, he has. Yeah, when Zoo and Hartenstein are on the bench, like, 
Brandon Boston was playing the five last night against Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm just like I was watching. Okay, that. yeah, yeah. Let's let's yeah. do it. Let's let's roll here. Um, so that's just it, it's just fun. It was a thing. And, it was a thing. It didn't go well, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That's like what it's all about. So the Clippers, the Clippers are my team. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's funny because like as much as I was watching that with, with, with Boston trying to defend him and I was talking about Jaron Jackson, good games, bad games. That was not a bad game from him because, yeah. Um, but Hartenstein, like you just get revelations with that team because they're willing to try so much stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, even with, with Bledsoe. I mean, it's just it's. Everything is kind of – it'll be something that in theory you're like, nah, that, that, there's no way that should work. Um, I mean, I feel like that was a whole year of Reggie Jackson last season. It was like, there's no way that should work. There's no way it could keep working, and then it just keeps working. So I, I like seeing them be willing to try stuff. Uh, they, need to fi- they needed to find a way to just try to make this work, to do something that is different. Um, to try to kind of keep this patch together until you hope that maybe Kawhi comes back at some point. Um, I mean, one of the things I felt that was most interesting about the way you've kind of analyzed them is that you were pretty open in saying they could be rough this year or they could be back in position to kind of do what they were doing last year. Um, but the the variance or the type of variance that you see with a team like that that is willingly telling you that we're going to kind of rely really heavily on the three and just kind of you know, on one guy that can carry the load, but can he do it for a whole year? Can he do it as the lone guy without Kawhi there? It, it, it's kind of readily accepting the fact that, like, yeah, we're just embracing this, come what may, but a mm-hmm. team that defends the crap out of you um, and can get really hot. And so I, I'm all for it. I mean, I think that they probably do need Kawhi to, to put them over the top when it's all said and done. But yes, they do. I also really, <laughs> I also really enjoy just watching them play as is, and like it is really cool to watch Paul George with a lot of the criticism that he's taken, and I think rightfully so the last couple of years. So just watch him. He does this every year where he has a stretch like this, but it'll be really cool to see him have like a full season like this if it keeps rolling this way. Okay, give us your third team. Chris. Okay. I thought I thought this was going to be one of yours. I actually thought this is where you're going when you were talking about like most obvious. Uh, we we thought each one of ours was would be obvious and then it hasn't uh-huh. been. Um, Cleveland. I, I think it's Cleveland and it's not something that I even think twice about. Um, so much attention and I think again rightfully so has gone to Mobley. Now Mobley's out. And so it was funny. You know, I was talking about writing something about Cleveland and immediately was like call it off call it off not doing it anymore um, cuz Mobley's gone for a couple of weeks uh it's like one of your favorite tv shows um going off the air for a couple of weeks for a hiatus and i'm like like damn man i don't want to watch this anymore uh well obviously if it's not on you can't watch it um so you know that was my thought and then they're playing the warriors and the warriors by the way when you talk about obvious teams like we could have mentioned the warriors very easily but i think that's so obvious it wouldn't have been fun to mention step so, by himself is worth the price yeah of admission, so you know? when i said obvious it was i was literally only talking about the warriors so i'm just gonna yeah, yeah. it's a confession for my like the warriors yeah. like i i had them and i'm like that is so lame i just pulled them off the list immediately it's obvious that they're you know you can't miss watching them play so because of that when they play the Cavs, i you know i want to watch Cavs have been a team i've been in interested in all year anyway and Mobley's not there and so my expectations I I think my friend Jared Dubin posted a video the other day of Mobley and it was like 12 plays that he made in the fourth quarter alone I think like eight of them defensive where it was like it clearly saved them points and it's one of those things where people want to write off stuff as small sample size when you see that a team is like 25 points better per 100 possessions without somebody which 
Granted, 25 is a massive swing, so probably is some element of small sample size. But then you watch something like that where Jared is posting 12 plays from one quarter where they all impacted (laughs) the score in some way from a rookie. Like, he's that important to that team. So they've been fun for that reason, and I will say mostly that reason. But even without him... They're still really interesting, and I kind of feel like this is such a big opportunity for them to learn a lot about what life would be like without Colin Sexton and just kind of handing the keys to Garland to some extent, which is um, an experiment. And, like, you know, I think yesterday was kind of rough for him, at least certainly the second half was rough for him. Um, But he's a very, very good player. This is a team that we've seen Rubio go off for 40, basically, against the Knicks. Um, It's a team that... Has you know Chetty Osmond really looking a certain way for the first time in his career? As a far as way, <laughs> well, love, love how yeah. you put that. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, looking someone good that, for the first time in his career. Wow, incredible. We, we, good for him. We, we, we could, I mean, but something where I think after think about those post LeBron years where th- that fan base was looking for something, anything to be excited about, and mm-hmm. like actually, this is the way that I think. When you wear the rose-colored glasses as a fan, as a Cavs fan, you probably thought this is the way he was all the time. So now when he plays like this, it really feels great because he's actually shooting it well. Um, you know, there, there's going to be growing pains because Mobley is so important to what they do. And Allen was out last night too, by the way. So by growing pains, I mean like when you get outscored 36-8 to eight or whatever the hell it was in the fourth and where Steph is outscoring you, doubling your score by himself in one quarter to come back and win a game and what was probably historic fashion. Um, so they're going to be really nasty growing pains like that, particularly when Mobley's out. But it does feel like they're putting something together. It does feel sustainable to me when their defense is out there, even when Mobley's not there, when they're not fouling people left and right, mm-hmm. um, where their defense looks real to me uh, when, when, when he is out there, certainly. So they're already growing. They already have more room to grow, seemingly, just by having him there and by having Jared Allen there. Um I, I really like him, and I really enjoy watching him play, even when Mobley's not there. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Evan Mobley, rookie of the year. Uh, you know, such a bummer that he's sprained his elbow. Enes Cantor, really, that's like his entire um, impact on this 2021-22 season is injuring Evan Mobley. I'm like, Damn, man. thank you, Ennis. Um, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Rubio... It's just it's just so much fun to watch him like flourish. I don't think anyone like his career ultimately has not gone the way that we thought it would whenever he was coming out of Spain how, how many years ago that was I don't even remember. He has the torn ACL. Were so high. Yeah. Crazy expectations. Um he was a prodigy really and just the this is like an opportunity to just appreciate what he brings to the table and how valuable it is to have a table setter like him, especially in this context where everybody's so young and like he lets Garland be Garland and Garland's having a really wonderful breakout season. Um, the team is just better when he's on the floor in every possible way. So shout out to Ricky Rubio, who's a joy and makes, you know, two or three passes a game that are just phenomenal. Still. Um, yep. Still. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I also love Jared Allen, I want to say really quick. Like, yeah. Watch that man switch out on a wing. Not all ball handlers, but, like, most. He can, like, hold his own. 
He's pretty good. So I love Jared Allen. He's a big reason why their defense has been successful. It all comes back to Mobley for me, though. And it's like, yep, such a it's a bummer that that dude's hurt. It's a huge I hope bummer. he's back real soon. Yeah. Um, okay, my last team. This is uh, definitely outside the box here. Um, it is the Sacramento Kings. I uh, thought about them. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear why. I mean, they've been disappointing. I thought that they would be better, honestly, than they've been. Um, so they've been a little disappointing, which is a bummer. But, like, um, Halliburton is just a joy. He makes all the right passes. He has this nasty floater. Um gets everybody involved i love watching davion mitchell and buddy healed like enter the game at the same time off the bench that's such a funny like synergetic (laughs) um backcourt tandem (laughs) it's like they're the exact opposites in so many ways i'm not saying that davion mitchell's like the worst shooter ever because buddy's one of the best shooters ever but like offense defense Right, exactly. So yeah. it's just funny, like when they come off together, and I'm waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for Luke Walton to just play Harrison Barnes at the five, and then go um, Halliburton, Mitchell, Buddy, Fox, Barnes, because those are like I mean, Rashawn Holmes is really good, but those are I think probably the five best players. Actually, the five players <laughs> I w- I want to see play together. I'm not gonna say they're the five best players on the team. Um, the one thing about this team that's particularly disappointing and i see it just as someone watching the celtics with jason tatum is De'Aaron fox like i just anticipated him being better and i don't maybe that's just not fair on my part like i expected his shot to be a little bit more accurate there's been some weird body language yeah Yeah. sure exactly I'm, i'm not mad i'm just disappointed man like but like there's some weird body language stuff with him that I don't know. He gets like, really flustered when he feels like I mean, and this is not he's not alone in this, but like really yeah. flustered when he doesn't get foul calls. And it's just uh I mean, I've I've watched several games where it's just like you know, it, it's just like the air comes out of the room when, when he doesn't get a call and um you would hope it's not impacting effort necessarily, but he's just had a a really rough season and it kind of feels like with each progressive loss or call that he doesn't get that it just kinda of worsens sometimes. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to read into this too much and whatever. I'm definitely wrong. But when Harrison Barnes hit that buzzer beater three in Phoenix earlier in the season, um, for whatever reason, I noticed that like everybody on the team was running over to give Barnes like a bear hug and Fox Mm. was just kind of like cool. It's like, okay, it kind of stinks. I I like seeing people happy for... I like seeing people happy. Period. But like in a spot like that, like watching Halliburton's joy, it's like I would I would love Fox to be um, as excited yeah. in a moment like that. That stuff so, carries over. When, can I say one thing, and then I know we got to move on with it. Yeah, we had you, me, Rohan, uh, Jeremy Wu. We had a lot of conversations because neither here nor there. But when we ranked the top 100 players. We initially, like when we looked at it before we kind of figured out exactly what we were doing, we had more Kings players on the list than any other team, I I, want to say, Um, which you wouldn't expect that. But when you look at them individually, that's kind of what you see. And you you mentioned several guys that are good. And like, oh, by the way, Rashawn Holmes, who when we're talking about kind of dark horse all-star guys statistically like he probably should be in that conversation but doesn't have that reputation and i feel like doesn't get that recognition 
because it's the Kings and they're, they're so much less than the sum of their parts seemingly. And, uh, I, you know, obviously I don't think Walton's done a great job there, but even beyond that, there's just something to it that doesn't click for me, but they are, I watch a lot of their games because they are really intriguing to watch, even though they don't win the games. Yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen seems like an easy choice to me columbia pfg has you covered with their Castback tc shoe its omnimax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot say fighting a fish not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet rocking boat so if you're going to be spending long days out on the water and i sincerely hope that you will be head over to columbia.com pfg and shop all their performance fishing gear if you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Okay, let's pivot towards uh, teams that uh, are not tickling our fancy. 
so far okay. this season. And again, I tried to be not so obvious, but I'm going to give you my first team, and it is obvious. I'm sorry. I just there's no other way to 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 go about it. It's the Houston Rockets. Um, yeah, they were on mine too. It's just like it's unavoidable. Like yeah, I watched them play fun. the Thunder earlier know, this week too. because um, oh, you did too. You watched that game? I d- I did too because I. Probably because I knew we were going to ask this question on the podcast. And I'm like, which team do I enjoy watching? Last? But I like watching the Thunder. And that's the thing is, yes. like, I don't enjoy watching the Rockets. And it was so clear in that game that I just don't enjoy watching them. And it, I thought I did at the beginning of the very beginning of the season. And I don't. They stink. Like, they are. Like, I didn't want to just, like, pick a bad team. Because I like watching I some bad teams. It's not I know. About that. It's exactly. just like. The way they play, which is to say that they have no way to like, there is no way they play, and it just honestly like boggles my mind. Like they 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 don't know what they're doing. They don't know how they want to defend. They don't know what style they should embrace. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr.'s drives are just like a staircase to nowhere. Uh, Shingun, who's fun, is averaging is five fun. fewer minutes than Daniel Tice, and I'm like, wh- why? Why is it? Why, like, can someone explain that to me? I don't. I don't get it at all. Um, There's like one guy that I consistently enjoy watching play for them, and it's basically Tate. And it's like after that, because he's going to play hard no matter what. He tries to mm-hmm. defend, which is a pretty you know, it's like a fool's errand with that team. But I mean, he's out there working. He's efficient. It's it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around what they do and like. At least with the other teams, you see progression. At least with the other teams, you see an occasional win that they're not supposed to end up with. And in this case, it's been 13 straight losses, and most of them aren't competitive in the slightest. Or they are for two and a half quarters, and then the other team remembers, oh, crap, we're playing the Rockets. we got to come back and win this. And like even yeah. when, with the Thunder, they, they take those games, and you know they'll be down by 20, and they'll come back and beat the Lakers, and they'll do it again the week after that. Um and there's just none of that with this team, and it's just hard to watch. And I, I was exactly where you were, where I did not want to pick on a team that had a horrible record because that's obvious. Again, trying to stray away from the obvious. I couldn't come up with any reason. Like I would have been just doing. I would have just been not including the Rockets on this list just to save, you know, to spare feelings. And I, they're they're just easily the hardest team to watch right now by far. Yeah. So you know how you'll watch a film, and you'll say this actor is not in the same movie as everybody else. Like <laughs> nobody told Viola Davis that this was actually a slapstick comedy and she's trying to win an Oscar. Ooh. Ooh, God, that's what I feel about Eric Gordon. Like he's just doing his thing. <laughs> he's, he's like, it's like he's, he's shooting whenever he touches the ball. He's attacking um, a lot. He's he's leveraging his outside shot to get to the basket. He's he's like playing well, but it's just like not as a part of a basketball team. And it just it feels like every three that he hoists is just like a like a rescue flare. And he's just like on this deserted island and really no, wants this every for a other story GM. that you want to write about him this is <laughs> written so well and you're talking not even writing holy hell a rescue player <laughs> and it's just, yeah it's just like it's like he's begging to get out of there and he, he's begging 29 other gms to please look at me i'm good in this like dumpster fire of a situation i still got it please 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 trade for me um so it's just like it's just like weird stuff like that and jalen green um definitely don't want to be too judgmental about him 
because uh, he's played like two weeks of basketball as a pro, three weeks of basketball, four weeks, whatever. Um, the pull-up three, he's really he's embraced that shot. He's taken it. He's got the green light. Um, he's super fast. But and this is just not again. Not I don't want to say he's like I'm definitely not saying he's a bust. Absolutely not. But Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley going right after you is just it's just tough. It just you look at those two, yeah, and you're like these two are going to be two way forces for like a decade. And Jalen Green, there's just a little bit more of a question as to what ultimately he will be in a winning environment. So that just That's stinks. A par- that's a big part of it, and I'll, I'll say this and move on because, like I said, I know we got to get rolling. That's a big part of it for me is that even with the Pistons, like Cade, and I think probably because he missed the first couple weeks, like that's reason to at least be engaged to want to watch a, a struggling team. By the way, that you know the Pistons just had a win, which you can't say for the Rockets, but watching Jalen Green is harder than I thought sometimes. And uh, like you said, there's going to be the growing pains, but some of it is just the shot selection. And it's just, it doesn't feel like there's a rhythm and a flow to what they do. It's just kind of like, Oh, it's my turn to take a shot. now, And it's my turn. And it's just kind of like, come on y'all. Like it's the basketball can touch everybody at some point, but uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to enjoy a lot of these games they're playing. So did you have for the record, did you have Houston as one of your three teams? Yes. They're right okay. here. They're one of my That's three. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Perfect. Um We save time that way. Uh, yes, yes, we do. Um okay, let me give you uh my next team and I'm able to uh read a listener email and fold it into this, which is just very convenient for everybody. So um I want to read this email from Juan Pablo writes, hey there, Michael, Rohan, and Chris. Listening to the last episode where y'all spoke about some players that made leaps in their game, I thought Jalen Brunson would have been a good mention. He has been playing stellar this season, and while he has shown glimpses of being really good, he has been consistently great for the Mavs. At a moment where a strong second or third option, depending on what Kristaps Porzingis you get that day, is sorely needed. Do you all think he could develop into the secondary playmaker that we need alongside Luca? He'll be looking to get paid once that opens up, and I hope the Mavs front office will do the right thing and bet on him. Uh, keep up the great work, Juan Pablo. So, yeah, um, I love Jalen Brunson. Love watching him. Love when he's Me on too. the floor with Luca. Dallas's offense is basically unstoppable when he's on the floor with Luca, and Luca's hurt right now. And Jalen Brunson is still kind of just—he hasn't really skipped a beat so far. It's only been a couple games or one game, I think, but he's just having a great season as he did last season. A um, little right. bit better statistically, I think. Not as efficient, but um, the role is a little bit bigger. Um, I just don't. I, this is going back like a couple of years for me. There's something about the Mavs. I just, I'm so bored when I, bored maybe not be right, because they have Luka. I love Luka. This is not, I'm not trying to hate on Luka. No, I it's hear just, you. They're pre- predictable, is what I'll say, yes. on every possession. I know what yes. they're going to do. I know how the defense is probably going to play it. I mean, the defense, is, if they're smart, they're going to switch it up. They're going to switch their coverages up. They're pick and roll coverages. They're going to blitz Luka. They're going to drop. They're going to hedge. They're going to switch. They're going to do everything. They're going to try to take away the step back to the left. I I just, I know all that. And it's just like, right. Luka feels inevitable in a lot of ways. And so, 
I don't I just like I feel like I don't need to watch this team as much as I was hoping I would because of Jason Kidd and the offense has just looked even more blah than I don't know. I, yeah. I, 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 it's, do you kind of get what I'm saying? I feel like I'm being I, unfair I don't, to this team. I mean, I'll put it this way. I get exactly what you're saying. I am not a huge fan of like, oh, I got to you know, race to watch these games. I think you and I both make a point to watch all these teams, even the really bad ones. Um, Sadly, I know for me, yes. I, try to, I try to watch all of them at least once a week you know, and try to catch when I can. Most teams twice a week. Um, at least for a half or, or something. I, I don't really look forward to watching Dallas play, which is a wild thing to say given that they have, you know, at times a top five player on their team. Mm-hmm. That like a young top five player on their team. So that kind of speaks volumes about the rest of the roster. I'm right there with Juan Pablo. I mean, I, I wrote a piece about Jalen Brunson last year uh, just mm-hmm. about him. And I remember I kind of did that misdirection framing where I'm like, you know, the – the Mavericks have like an all-star level point guard who's just kind of dicing teams up right now. No, I'm not talking about Luca. Um, you know, which obviously was overselling it, and that was the point. But he's been really good like this for a while, and it's kind of raised the question of like, how much are you gonna pay this guy? Because he's really good. He, That's he could question. be the difference. He could be the difference between winning a championship or not. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's that difference for this team. Because no, to answer Juan Pablo's question, I don't think he's like. I think they need another guy that basically does what he does in addition to him, and you probably need KP to play the way he's been playing lately. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think Brunson's big enough, tall enough, really, in a in a series to kind of make this sort of impact repeatedly. Because keep in mind, a couple of years ago, he wasn't in the playoff round that they lost. Um, was there last year? I just, I just kind of feel like because he's been this consistent and that they've still kind of been what they've been. And granted, they've you know wins-wise, they've been fine this year so far. I just kind of feel like he's not going to elevate you even further because this – I mean, he's been playing really well for a while. So I kind of feel like they need one more guy, and I don't know how they get that guy. It's helpful to have Porzingis playing better is all I'll say. Um, you know, Because if it weren't for that, um, I'd really be kind of down on their prospects. But you, you figure there's room if he's going to play more consistently and he's going to be healthy. I wonder if they'll trade him. Honestly, because I just don't know what the market's going to be. I know a lot of teams don't have cap space, but this dude's an unrestricted free agent. Like, Yeah, and he's, he's gonna really good. He's really, really, really good. good. And yeah. I don't know, you know, Dallas has got the Supermax with Luka kicking in. Chris Depps is still on his max. I'm sure at some point they would like to clear the books for Luka. Uh, Tim Hardaway was just paid again. So, yeah. tough Tough times in Dallas, even though I think they have a winning... I mean, they definitely have a winning record, um, but I don't know. They need they need just, they need just more stuff, and I don't really buy them as a true championship contender. Yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. 
He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from The Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Okay, give me a team that just makes you throw up in your mouth, Chris. <sighs> I won't say that. Uh, I mean, it's funny. Like, I, I did, outside of the Rockets, I did try to pick teams that are at least decent, or at least on paper uh-huh. decent. I'll start with this one, though. Indiana, who, if anybody's listened to me on other podcasts for the last few years, man, I I write about them once or twice a year to the point where I, I had – a Pacers fan, they're like, "Do I sense that you're a Pacers fan, Chris? Are you a, are you, are you a, a like a, a down low, low key Pacers fan?" I was like, "No." Um, <laughs> like, and what I think it's it's actually really interesting, man. If you look at the teams I picked for the most part, they're all basically to for this conversation, they're virtually all East Coast Midwest teams because like I'm getting old. I'm 34. I'm getting old. <laughs> I get tired, man. I watch the West Coast teams. Like I said, I'm not turning the Warriors off ever, but I get sleepy. All these teams are in the Midwest or in the East Coast. The Pacers are a team that, like, they were very convenient to watch as a guy that lived in the Midwest. Um, And I like teams that play defense more than offense. Like, I have a soft spot for them. Um, So that was the case for a while. And the last couple years, that really has not been the case. And now, 
it's been the same team, like the same way that I kind of complain about some of these teams that just never change stuff up. The Mavs have kind of been the same more or less for a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. The Portland Trail Blazers have been a team that I'm just not that enthused by. I did not include them on my list, by the way. But I get that vibe with the Pacers, too. Like, Miles Turner, God bless him. I understand he's valuable in this league. He has value. He has had the same 13-6-3 stat line at this point <laughs> for, like, six years running. And I wrote a story about it last year. And wouldn't you know... I think he might be averaging like 13 and a half, seven and like three and a half. Now it is the same. It is one of the most historically like consistent stat lines, box score stat lines for every year for a guy, his age ever. I think he's second on the list. I think Valanciunas is the only guy that's had like a more static stat line than him from year to year. Um, and that just kind of is how I feel about this team where it's like, they're always kind of injured. They always have a wing guy that can go out and get you like 20, 22 points um, and then they've got another wing guy that's really talented, but is probably going to be injured. Um, and they've got Sabonis, who doesn't really seem like a perfect fit with Turner, but they're not ever going to trade either one of them. So it's just they are what they are. And this year is like a team that doesn't quite finish games, a team that loses to the Pistons. You know, granted, they'll beat the Jazz and give you just enough hope, but they turn it over a lot. They're not stopping anybody on defense. And it's again, we talk about bizarro teams that like don't fit the ethos of what the franchise has generally been with the Grizzlies. The Pacers used to be a team that locked teams down. Now it's just kind of this team that runs up and down or, or doesn't run up and down because they're not playing that fast. But, you know, they're not really stopping anybody and their games play out the same way and they're right around 500 and it's just not good enough. And it, they need a shakeup in the worst way. We talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know what that shakeup will be at some point. Do they get rid of Sabonis? Do they find somebody that wants to take them? But I just, I used to really enjoy watching them and I just kind of don't anymore. I, I don't. So, confession, the Pacers were my third team, too. Okay. Uh, I'm just so uninterested. Like, you you said basically everything I was going to say. Well, like, Miles Turner, um, I just know what he is. I know he's shooting the three ball better this year. I don't think that's a real thing because... If he could play the Knicks every game, he'd be set. Sure. 40 and yeah. 25 against them. Uh, but, yeah, it's the same thing every year. It's like I was excited at the start because of Rick Carlisle. I wanted to see how he would impact things. And basically, he just made them a lot slower, which is cool. <laughs> I think they're they're dead last in transition frequency, which is just like a Rick Carlisle staple. And if you've watched the Dallas Mavericks for the past decade... You'll just see Rick Carlisle screaming at his point guard to slow things up uh, after the team gets a defensive rebound, and that's just not the most fun thing to watch. Um, and I, I just, yeah, it's just like I've seen this movie before. I know all yeah. these characters. I, I, Chris Duarte is really interesting for them, and when they're entirely healthy, I, I want to watch. I want to see TJ Warren there. I want to see yes. 100% Karis LeVert there. And that'll be fun. And I think that, you know, they can they can be pretty good. I think they, they have the talent for sure to win a playoff series. Beyond that, not really. That's it. And Sabonis to me just seems like such a he's just such a low tier all star. And I don't mean that to disparage him at all. I really don't. Um I just think that <sighs> 
like if he's your best player and I th- I think he is, what are you doing? Like what are you doing as a, as an organization? And right. there's no one in the pipeline who can supersede him um who's young because they drafted a 24-year-old. So yeah, it's just like what is the future? What is the present? It's all very meh and I just I'll watch that team play for sure because it's my job, but I'm just not ever super pumped about it. I'm not. Damn, gonna lie. <laughs> I'll watch you because it's my job. Damn. <laughs> you you want to get to the last one because I know we, we're probably running up against it here. Chris, I think that was it, wasn't it? No, no, no. Because we we both had one team each that we both had on the other list, so we only picked two. You want to give the last one real quick? So you have another team. I still have one more team. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's give you give your team. See, this is what we were talking about at the top. We were, you know, we were up at 4 a.m. So our brains are a little foggy. You give your last team then. You know who I'm struggling with lately? Where it's like, what's the point of watching this game? The Knicks. Like, let's be real here. They, they. I mean, they've had like six games in a row where the starters get washed, and (laughs) then the bench basically saves the day. But then, in some cases, Tom Thibodeau puts the starters back in, and they get washed right after the bench saves the day. And so now, lately, it's become this question of like, okay, well, who's Tibbs going to end the game with? But also, okay, how much longer is Tibbs going to go with this starting lineup? Which is funny. A lot of the Knicks fans are like, man, we should have known something was up when all the Celtics fans were telling us that this backcourt wasn't good. Um, and I don't <laughs> no think comment. it's that... Yeah, right, right, right. I said that one especially for you. I don't think it's that they're not necessarily good, but like that they can't, they probably can't fit together, which again, Celtics fans probably knew that already. Um, they it, it was obscured for the first several games because they were just so hot from three. Kemba was not needing, you know, every other night off at the time, or maybe he did need it. And they, you know, Tibbs joked about it in the offseason, he's going to play, uh, you know, that he wasn't going to be taking the, the nights off. Um, they clearly need some sort of shakeup with the lineup, but will Tibbs do it? Will he not do it? Will he ever give Obi Toppin more playing time? Is it that Mitchell Robinson being back in the lineup has kind of clogged things for Julius Randle uh, to some extent who has not looked really good uh, the last several games and his decision-making has not looked really good? And it's a team that doesn't really have an identity outside of, okay, we're going to shoot more threes, but we're not stopping anybody, which I don't know if they win with that identity for the whole season. I don't know. Maybe, but... Um, they've been just very blah, and they've lost a couple games to the Magic. Uh, I don't know. I I just haven't enjoyed not watching them adjust to anything. So the Knicks were an honorable mention for me. Um, their starting fives defensive rating is one nineteen point two. So that's the worst defense. That would be the worst defense in NBA history by like a significant margin. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything that you said, like I knew that the pieces that they brought in would really hurt what they, what made them so successful last season. And, you know, they lose Reggie Bullock, who is important. Uh, they add Evan Fournier, they add Kemba Walker. Some of the young guys are, you know, playing a little bit. And I personally think that if these players, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly, those types were in Sacramento or uh, Minnesota, no one would care. <laughs> frankly, like, I think there's just, I think there's truth to that. It's like the Kuzma effect a little bit, a little bit. 
Yeah, so I think those players are a tad overrated where when they make good plays, the garden goes nuts. We see the replays. Everyone, like NBA Twitter is exploding because there's a million Knicks fans. And it's just like, okay, they're they're interesting young players who, uh, at least in the case of Quickly, are still pretty inefficient. And I don't know what they are in the NBA. Um, so I also just don't have a ton of fun watching this team play basketball games and I feel like there is a lot to learn when you watch them because you want to see if they can figure it out you want to see if Tibbs is going to switch up the lineup you want to see this that the other you want to see if Julius Randle can kind of um bounce back to a little bit closer to what he was last year but I Mm -hmm. I was a little down on that being a possibility you You want to see RJ Barrett you want to see RJ Barrett grow uh, he's been he's been okay, I guess. Whatever. He's been inconsistent still, though. Yeah, yeah. Not not John Morant, not not Zion nope. Williamson. Um, although that's not looking great. But um, but yeah, just not you know, just I can't get that excited about um I hear the New York Knicks. I, I so agree. we did it, Chris. We we folded an email in. We we gave our listeners, our wonderful listeners, our three favorite teams. So six favorite teams, I think. Maybe five. Maybe there was some overlap. Our least favorite teams definitely weren't six, but there were a bunch. Um, and I hope this, you know, I hope this uh, helps all of you as we head into the weekend and gives you a little bit more of a clear focus on who you want to watch and who you should avoid. Thank us. Thank us actually by sending in emails. That would be great. Openfloormail at gmail.com. Openfloormail at gmail.com. And we want to hear who your favorite teams are and who your least favorite teams are. And we'll do our best to read those emails on an episode next week. But until then, I hope everybody stays safe. And I hope everybody continues to enjoy this NBA season. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. Hello. I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts.